Welcome to Transcendence Cinema. Welcome back to Transcendence Cinema. I'm your host, Greg, your local... <laughs> this is not Greg, your local metal. This is Greg Durrance. And with me is... Uh, Victor Martin. <laughs> and you gave me Celebration. And usually I'm like, why did you give me this movie? But I want to take a crack at guessing why you gave me this movie. Uh-huh. So Go for it. I, I don't think you gave it to me for the subject matter because it's a very disturbing subject matter. I think you gave it to me because of the Dogma 95 movement. Um, that's a great guess. I Well, because for one, I didn't know what this movie was about besides mm-hmm. like very basic family gets together. Something happens. Some sort of bomb is dropped. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, the Dogma aspect is something that I think uh, I didn't know if you knew about. And I didn't know about until after this film. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Um, and that's just something I've been interested in for a while. So I was like, hey, let me just slide this your way and see what you think about it. Because for someone who hasn't seen uh, a Dogma film, or it's very um, very different stylist or uh, style. Uh, the style is very strange and different. Yes. I uh, As I was watching it, I was like, why does this feel so amateurish, but not at the same time? Dude, yeah. It was a very, very strange phenomenon that was going on. Well, yeah, because it's like the writing and the characters and the acting is so like, oh, it's, in my opinion, like pretty pitch perfect. There's, it's it's pretty flawless. And so, yeah, mixed with the the weird wide angle shots, um, like fisheye shots. And the Dutch angles. Oh my God, Dutch <laughs> angles for days. Plus you get, of course, like early digital <clears throat> Uh, video filmmaking and all handheld. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a very strange combination. Do you did you like that aspect of it? Um. Yes, and this is at first I didn't. I was like, this feels like a 1990s music video, but shot as a movie. <laughs> like it was very weird. It just had those like they're cliches now, but this was back mm-hmm. in the 90s, so people were really experimenting with a. Uh, with different uh, styles, I guess. Right. So after realizing that it was a uh, a movement and they had all these rules that they had to follow, I actually like really, really embraced the the movie and the, the style. And um, I was thinking about it today when I went to go pick up pizza. And it's kind of like when you're looking at a uh, Basqua or a Jackson Pollock. Mm-hmm. Like, it looks like a mess, but you don't hate it. You actually, like, enjoy looking at it. And I feel it's the same thing with this movie. Yeah. And it's one of those things where you can, like, appreciate that they were doing something against the grain. And it's like, yeah, it might be kind of hard on the eyes or different, but it's like, once you get a bit of, like, you know a bit about like the movement or the the artist. It's like, oh, I see what they were going for. Uh, kudos to them. Right. The best thing for like, I talk about like create or not that I talk about, but I hear about creatives is like, try to use as little as possible because it really pushes your creativity. And I feel this movement is really good for creativity. 
Agreed. I mean, it's, it, it, yeah, it is important to just sort of use what you have. Um, and in this case, like, do you want me to uh, go through the rules for people who aren't aware of it? Oh, sure. If you have it pulled up, because I have it pulled up too, just in case. Oh, well, me first. <laughs> go for it. Um, so there are 10 rules for Dogma 95. Um, some of them have been, I mean, even the, the celebration just... I don't know if you knew or other people. Um, it's the first one uh, right. part of this sort of uh, movement. So rule number one, shooting must be done on location. Props and sets must not be brought in. Um, the sound must never be produced apart from the image or vice versa. The camera must be handheld. Any movement or immobility attainable in the hand is permitted. The film must be in color. Special lighting is not acceptable. Um, optical work and filters are forbidden. The film must not contain superficial action, which would be like murders, weapons. Uh, temporal and geographical alienation are forbidden. Um, needs to take place here and now, essentially. Uh, genre film is not acceptable. Film format must be uh, Academy 35, and the director must not be credited. Um, but like I said before, a lot of these things have been bent and broken, and even this first film wasn't shot in 35. Um, shot on on video i was gonna say that i was like this feels like a home video camera right and yeah i i realized it was whenever there was a zoom on the father <laughs> i was like this is a home video camera yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh right i know <laughs> like even all these like shots of the families it just feels like this is just someone's family reunion they just like shot on video and just submitted it to the con film festival but with this film, I think it works in its favor because it makes it feel kind of like a documentary. Not necessarily a documentary, but like, you know how when people have like weddings or whatever, you have the videographer that's like videoing the whole thing to document mm -hmm. it for the people later? That's what it feels like. You're right. And I think it kind of, too, takes away any sort of like, like superficial drama Mm -hmm. and and theatrics it, it's very like like you kind of said it kind of feels like a documentary or someone's home footage mm -hmm. and that makes it even more just uh in your face uh there's yeah. no there's no i don't know no glitter no glam it's just like straight to the point filmmaking right yeah i even said uh i was like why is there no color grading like why is it so saturated like it was driving me crazy <laughs> Because I was pointing out all these things, but I could, like, I knew, I felt it was a good movie, if that makes sense. Like, there is some talent behind this, but there's so many flaws that they can't be done, you know, by accident. Yeah. So, it was it was a super interesting watch, especially not knowing any of that going into it. <laughs> that must have been totally confusing. <laughs> it really was. I was like, why is this look so amateur, but I don't hate it. So, yeah. Um, I didn't know if you wanted to get into like the actual subject matter of the movie because I don't know if that's like important. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess it probably helped to go into like what it's about. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, so basically it is the father of this family's 60th birthday. Um, and he is having a very huge celebration. Um, and get the family together. 
things seem to be going smooth, nothing out of the ordinary besides um, there's talk of a of a sister who had passed away and um, suicide and stuff like that. So I mean, it's not totally cheery in the beginning, but it's things to be seem to be going smoothly up until all of a sudden, um, one of the brother characters, let me get his name. Character named Christian uh, brings up some very disturbing news about his father, basically saying how he was sexually abused by the father. And um, yeah, that's kind of where the film <laughs> takes yeah. a takes a left turn. <laughs> I thought you were like punking me because I told you I watched uh, Climax. And I was like, man, that was a fucking hard watch. And I figured you were like, oh, you think that was hard? Here's one. Here's another one for you. Dude, I didn't even know. I didn't know where, where this movie was going to go. I tried to like not look into this movie just because. Oh, so you didn't watch this either. No, I've never seen it. Oh, okay. Yeah, this is first. <laughs> I see. All I saw was the very basic description. I was like, that sounds interesting. That sounds like something I don't want to like read too much about or I'm going to spoil it for myself. Right. Um, and I'm glad I didn't because damn, this is such a dark movie. This is like pitch black comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, yeah. The director said he didn't intend for it to be comedic, but you have the brother Michael, which is so like outlandish. It does come oh off as kind of comedic. For sure. It's 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 sprinkled throughout. It's not like overtly comedic, but there's just some things in there that are, are kind of funny. But it's definitely you won't be laughing <laughs> throughout it. Mm -hmm. um, so I didn't know if this was like a culture barrier thing, but the part that made me most uncomfortable is everyone dismissing him. Like yeah. he's saying all these horrific things and they're like, oh, you're crazy you're 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 drunk or whatever and they were just dismissing and that that made me more uncomfortable than him giving that speech yeah for for the collective to just be dismissive of it or just or be confused but still just go on um it's it's kind of like relevant still in in the sense of of like victims telling their story and then a lot of like uh, lash or again, you know, like, um, uh, met with, you know, argument or disbelief. And so, yeah, that aspect, you're just like, why is no one taking this seriously? Right. <laughs> but I didn't know if that was like a culture thing, like people hmm. overseas, like if you bring that kind of stuff up, you're dismissed a lot more than you would be over in America. Good but, question. Uh, I'm not too sure. But either way, it was still uncomfortable as shit. And it didn't, they didn't realize it was true until the, uh, the sister finds the letter. And then, uh, the other girl, Pia, Pia finds it. Right, right. And then, uh, reads it aloud. And it's her basically confirming what Christian was saying. Yeah. It takes, uh, it, no one believes what Christian is saying until her sister or his sister who committed suicide basically mm -hmm. confirms this. And, um, and then everyone's like, Oh shit. And like it takes someone to die for 
the truth to be like accepted. And I mean, obviously it's like a hard thing for if, if this was brought up in the real world, obviously it'd be like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, <laughs> but yeah. And then everyone starts to understand and, uh, yeah, it's, um, doesn't, not much, not much really happens after that point. It's sort of a lot yeah, of, they, um, they basically say like, <laughs> the, the father knows he can't show his face anymore. He's like, I know this is the last time I'm going to see all of you. And then the movie kind of ends. <laughs> yes. So, uh, but anyway, got that, that hard storyline out of the <laughs> way. <laughs> yeah. It's but, very, uh, yeah. Sorry. Go on. No, I was just going to say, but that doesn't really matter. Like it's a hard story and whatever, but it's just like the, the creative visuals is really where this movie shines. Cause I, I loved this movie. Like watching it, okay. like once I just kind of like let the 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 stuff wash over me, I was like, mm-hmm. you know what? This is just how this movie is. And then I just like kind of accepted it, and I just loved it. Oh, I'm so happy to hear that. I mean, yeah, yeah. I didn't know what to expect from like what your opinion would be, but mm-hmm. yeah, I'm happy to hear you really liked it. I did. So this whole, do you know more about this Dogma '95? Is there like more to say on it or anything? Cause I'm like new. I just researched this like today. So, um, I mean, it was, I mean, other than like it being a sort of counter culture movement against like studios and like big budget films, uh, Lars von Trier was a, was one of the, um, co-founders of it along with Thomas Vinterberg. Um, which Lars, I think, will need to cover one of his films someday. <laughs> have you seen any of his work? I have not seen it, but I know of it enough. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. There's not a, there's not a whole lot to say. It was, it was a short-lived movement. It, uh, I see her in Wikipedia, 95 to 2005. Yeah. Um, and Did just you something... watch any of the other ones? So I've seen Julian Donkey Boy, which is by uh, Harmony Corrine, mm-hmm. um, Spring Breakers classic. Oh my God. <laughs> yes. I have a very <laughs> mixed feeling about him in that movie. Oh, I thought you liked. Uh... No, I did. Oh. The first time the first time I sat down and watched it, mm-hmm. didn't like it. But then it just kind of like sat with me. And I would like. I don't know why I, I felt the need to like go against the movie. Like, no, you don't like that. I was like, yeah, but you can't stop thinking about it. But that part was so good. And the visuals were so good. And there was that one part and I was like, shut up. It wasn't a good movie. <laughs> it's definitely one of those movies. You're just like, there's no way I like this. Exactly. There's no way I, I should. It's so but dumb. Then, and then you're like, I learned to accept it. I was like, I just like spring breakers. It's a great movie. <laughs> embrace it yes i did one day i just embraced it i want to buy it and rewatch it and everything so hell yeah i'm happy to hear that that's yeah. such a hated movie it is um but like i said i've only seen julian donkey boy and that's another one that i oh it's it's fantastic but it's shot in the same handheld video style um, mm-hmm. a lot more avant-garde uh, but yeah, I haven't gotten into the, the other ones. I but actually haven't many, heard of all of them. 
Oh, it makes me want to go back and like rewatch all of them because there's what 31. It's that's correct. Yep. Yeah. So, but Harmony Kareem, he's a well-known director, but I don't think I've seen a lot of his films outside of Ring Breakers. Yeah. Um. Definitely recommend like Gummo. Mm-hmm. They're all very movies about sort of. I wouldn't want to say degenerates, but just a very strange group of people. I mean, Spring Breakers, yeah. even his newest one uh, with uh, Matthew McConaughey, whatever the fuck it's called. Just, I don't know. Oh, Beach Bum? Beach Bum, yes. <laughs> just just characters you're like, I don't I don't know about you. <laughs> Something's yeah, off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, but definitely start with Gummo if you want to like get into like his early stuff. Yeah. I'm going to have to check that out cause I'm not very familiar with his work, but his name gets brought up constantly. For sure. Um, but like other than that, yeah, Dogma 95, it's pretty straightforward for the most part. Mm. It's something that I would like to attempt to do. Obviously not like, I mean, I, I, would, I would like to. I mean, it'd be kind of cool to do something as strict as like the original rules. Yeah. Um, it's just, I don't know. I really, I like the sort of counterculture stuff, like new wave and French new wave, uh, stuff like that. I think it's just fairly cool for people to just say, you know what, I'm going to purposefully say fuck you to like the big, the big boys and (laughs) try something extreme or different. Right. That's the stuff I love coming across too. Is I get so burnt out from like the Hollywood movies, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I'm like, I just want something weird. Like, I just give me something weird. Like when I watched Climax, and then I was like, this is too much. Not this weird. <laughs> not not this bad. Not yet. Peel it back a little bit. Right. <laughs> you went way too deep, right? like way too early on. <laughs> yeah, but I do love this. We should totally like revitalize Dogma 2025. Oh, psh. so down. <laughs> um, but I just think it's cool because, like, you have a script here that's so, um, just so like grounded and lived in. Like, it feels like an actual family, um, and the drama is so real. And then to have like that that sort of amateur cam work, it's just a, such a weird combination. But it's it's just. It makes that amateur stuff, like, uh, I won't say amateur, but it makes it like, what, what am I trying to say? Well, I was thinking about it today, and it, mm-hmm. it, um, it's like the marrying of um, where someone has mastered their craft, but they're also marrying it with their, uh, their intuition. And uh, I don't know, just you have that um, technical skill and you have these limitations, but you kind of use your gut to go along with your creative, creative, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. And it's just cool what people can come up with because no matter how limited you make somebody, if they have that technical ability, they're always going to shine through. Very true. Like, if you told somebody to make the same movie and gave them $20 million, it's, and they have less skill 
than um, Thomas does, it's still going to be a lesser film because he's so talented and creative with this like limited <laughs> rule book or this uh, stringent rule book. Yeah, and it makes it makes the primitive aspects feel, I guess, you know, forgivable in a sense. Mm -hmm. Like you can see that he has the talent to make a incredibly compelling screenplay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, there were like there were just like little parts in it whenever the uh dad and the son were talking and he was shooting through a crowd of people mm -hmm. and but you could still hear them talking you know because they're mic'd up or whatever right but it's just a cool shot like it feels so like you said lived in and i don't know just he had a lot of really cool creative style choices that i was like man that's interesting I guess yeah, the whole thing I was trying to figure out was this amateur or was this somebody that knows what they're doing just didn't have a lot of money. <laughs> you see, that's why I hate using the word amateur because it's like definitely not. It's just, I mean, I think when you this old school video, mm -hmm. uh, it's just it's. I think it looks great, but like I think, you know, uh, objectively, it is so aged, yeah. and of course, when you mix it with handheld, it's like what the hell <laughs> so like it definitely i think the rules just that's just what it's gonna do it's gonna make it feel like someone's first film right right but it's just obviously the artist behind it mm -hmm. is gonna you know uh, elevate it and thank god it does <laughs> definitely yeah it was a different it was definitely a interesting watch and i really enjoyed it and i don't have a lot to compare with it because i don't think there's a lot of, like, I liked Darren Aronofsky. His earlier work was kind of the same way, like uh, Pi. Mm -hmm. That's one reason I really enjoyed that movie, because it just feel, felt very like, I don't have a lot of money, but I still really want to make this movie, and he has the talent to kind of back it up. Yes. Um, but, uh... And I think, yeah, I think, too, with um, budget was also a problem, because he didn't shoot on film, mm -hmm. which would have been you know, the part of the rules, but <laughs> I'm sure that costed, that would have cost a lot more mm -hmm. at the end of the day. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, but it shows, it, it's a good testament to people that want to get into film. Like, you don't need a lot to make a film. This guy just had a handheld camera and a lot of people and a house. And he made a, like, a very compelling film. I think that should be inspiring to new filmmakers it's like just showing again that story theme characters are just it's the most important part mm -hmm. that you can make a film on a digital video camera handheld and it still be like critically praised and yeah you don't need it doesn't need to look good <laughs> definitely yeah but um yeah i don't know did have barely we've barely talked on the movie but i don't know do you have like much more to say about the film itself um not really on the film that's just the subject matter was so uncomfortable that i didn't <laughs> want to like sink too deep into it because it's just an uncomfortable subject matter that's fair that's fair <laughs> my bad <laughs> no 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 it's fine um but i'm glad there was so much more 
to this. Like once I started doing the research on the Dogma 95, it really like opened my eyes to something I didn't really even know about. It's a whole and new I'm, rabbit hole for you. Yeah, it's, I'm definitely going to sink my teeth into a lot more of these movies. Yeah, I wish there were more movements like this. I wish there were more people just trying to make like weird, just, I don't know. Especially like, I don't know, recent, recently. I can't think of any like new movements. Like, I mean, you have like mumblecore stuff, like really like, you know, low budget indie. Um, I can't think, of, I don't know though. I can't think of any like, No, maybe it just really. maybe has maybe it hasn't been long enough. We were overdue for like a really good movement <laughs> creatively. You know what I want a movement of? Mm. I've been thinking about this a lot lately because I'm into graphic design and I feel like graphic design isn't respected by you know certain type of artists, if you know what I mean. Like, they don't take graphic design, like, serious as, like, real art. Uh, like, digital. Yeah, digital art. Art and stuff. Yeah, and I want there to be, like, a digital art movement where, like, I was thinking about how they have these art galleries full of, like, um, things that people have created, like, paintings, sculptures, or whatever. Mm -hmm. I was like, what if we could do the same thing, but with digital art? Like, like specifically for place you could go to and you can display people's like digital art. Like they could take their um, thumb drives and upload their art to all these plaques on the wall and you could enjoy digital art in a, a physical way. Yeah, I really like that because I mean, sometimes that sort of stuff is like sprinkled into like contemporary art galleries. Mm -hmm. um, but I mean, at least for I'm located. I can't think of any sort of galleries or um, shows that have been specifically for graphic art. And it is something that I feel like a lot of traditional artists kind of um, mock because obviously, you, I mean, you're not using your hand. I mean, you're using your hand, but like mm -hmm. there's no paper, there's no canvas, but it doesn't make it any less uh, challenging. It's still like, you need skill to make good digital art. <laughs> exactly. You can't look at Beeple and tell me that dude is not an artist. Beeple? Beeple. Beeple. You know the guy that sold the most expensive um, uh, digital art recently? He's no. the one that brought up the whole, oh my God, I can't think of the name of it. What's the name of the where you buy digital art? NFTs? NFT, yes. He sold the most expensive NFT. Oh, I didn't know it that. Was, yeah, it was, a, it was 11 years where he posted on Instagram every day for 11 years. He made it into a huge collage and sold it for like millions of dollars. Oh, I see it right here. Yeah. 69 million. So, yeah, 69 million. Holy shit. So that guy Beeple, oh, he uploads graphic work every day. And if you look at his work, you're like, that guy is a serious artist. And 
it makes me mad when people turn their nose up to uh, digital art. Yeah, this stuff is so surreal and weird. Yeah. It's, it, yeah, holy, what the fuck? Yeah, he's a crazy guy. Um, but yeah, that's the kind of movement I want. I want a digital art movement where it's recognized in the high arts. Yeah, I mean, that's... I think this has more of a chance than, like, say, the AI-generated stuff. Yeah. Which oh right God. now is... Um, that's going to be getting a lot of backlash lately. Um, I really enjoyed it at first because I feel it's like a creative tool. Mm -hmm. It's like this AI can put these pictures together in a way that you couldn't. And then you take that and then you turn it into something, you know, more tangible. Right. But people are using the AI art as if like they created it and it is flooding the digital art space. Dude, yeah. And it's becoming kind of a cancer. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's become I mean, that's just the problem with it being so easy to use. It's like people will say, like, oh, I'm a prompt artist. <laughs> and it's like, okay. I, I think my eyes I, rolled out of the back of my head. I, I, <laughs> it's like I get I get it because it's like Sometimes it uh, it really helps knowing how to create a prompt, but mm -hmm. dude, do not act like you are doing any sort of heavy lifting. Like exactly. And so, I think this sort of stuff, like what Beeple's doing, or any other graphic designer, graphic artist, whatever, has more of a shot than the NFTs or the AI stuff. Even though I still think that's going to be a huge movement. Yeah, it's just it's it's definitely making people uncomfortable, I think, for good reasons. Mm -hmm. and I, um, I don't know. Like you said, you're kind of having fun with it in the beginning. Yeah. So as I and I'm sort of the the um, novelty of it sort of died off for me. Right. And you said it perfectly on one of our podcasts. It doesn't have that human touch. Yeah, there's like, no soul. Everything is so cool to look at, but it's just missing that human touch. And yeah, it's missing its soul. And uh, I, yeah. Plus, I just hate seeing the stuff that's like, like, I don't know. People be like, uh, you know, uh, cyberpunk woman trending on art station. It's like, <laughs> yep, you're the 6,000th person to do that. Good, good, good job. Yeah, that's the thing, too, is like nobody's really creating anything interesting <laughs> that I've seen so far. It's like you can create some like cool stuff, some scenery or whatever. Yeah. And I like it as like a jumping off point to create right. something yourself. I, but, I think that people there's not enough like graphics like you, like you could definitely insert AIR into like your workflow. And I think that would be like really sick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But not enough people do that sort of work so it's just going to be you know straight out of like mid journey or whatever and yeah because i went on Deviant, i went on deviant art and it's just like a cancer right now and it's like oh no man standing on moon with purple sky oh look at this art i was like out of here right on <laughs> you heard about the um the ai art, art piece that won in like a uh, fine art competition at a, a fair i saw it but i didn't look into it 
Is there yeah. like some backlash about it? Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> no one was happy about that. I mean, he won in like the fine arts category for his mid journey um, image, which, you know, he's like, I spent hundreds of hours on this prompt, thousands of iterations. And I'm like, dude, so why? You could have literally taken that same painting or that same uh, AI digital art and painted it <laughs> and won. Like, right. At least you did some of the heavy lifting. Like you actually put your brush to paper. Like, exactly. and I would have respected that a lot more than just generating it and then submitting it. Even your digital to your uh, uh, toothbrush, digital fucking paintbrush would have <laughs> been any sort of paintbrush. Yeah. Just creating it yourself, using that as like a prompt as you're like, as you're, uh, you're jumping off point and then doing it yourself. Exactly. I, you know, I think it's, yeah, yeah I don't know. <laughs> it's cool. Whatever. Fine. I, I'm, I hope it's just the mistake they do. They have once and then they realize, oh, that was stupid. Yeah. It's I am curious to see how that's going to turn out. I'm, I think it's going to die off eventually. It's just really cool and fancy and new. So we need, uh, AI generated movies now. See, as much as I hate that, I think that also, I, I just think that'd be so interesting. Oh, hundred percent. But we've I, done I, that with music now. They have AI generated music and they have avatars for the music as a stand-in for the quote-unquote musician. Uh, the internet's weird, man. It's so strange and it's going way too fast. It is. I was thinking that too. I'm like, I can't keep up with the internet anymore. No, and I... <laughs> especially those AI stuff, it's like, dude, this wasn't even... It wasn't even this good, like, at the beginning of the year. It was still so primitive. Mm-hmm. Um... Yeah, I saw a piece today that was like super detailed. Like it was like a skull with like some tentacles coming out of the bottom. I was like, that's scary detailed. Yeah. <laughs> but I it's like like Dogma 95, like any other movement, it's 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 going against the grain. Mm -hmm. It's it's sort of like bastardizing and um doing something completely offensive and like in that aspect i like it <laughs> but oh yeah uh -oh. i'm all about up upsetting the establishment but i also want people to put into work exactly you know i don't and, want them to lazily just mm, piss people off it's kind of like right. just fights on the internet <laughs> exactly <laughs> if you're just going to take it out of mid journey and then make it an nft and try to sell it for like 500 bucks i'm like just Fuck off, you're stupid. Yeah, make a controversial controversial painting that gets everyone upset. Something you created, something that, you know, came from your mind, not some AI generated thing. Exactly. See, that's what I'm all for. I'm just okay. I just want people to put in the work. <laughs> put in the hours and take what's yeah, hours. Put in the hours, yep. put in the work. <laughs> not a prompt. Pick <laughs> up a brush, pick up your digital brush, make some artwork, pick up a camera. Because I'm and all it, about upsetting the establishment. I'm, well, I'm glad we're on the same page. And that's, yeah. and that's all that to say we need more art movements. <laughs> we do. I know and I that's, need, we, need, we need to start a, 
because you inspire me to do more like short films, but I don't even know where to begin. And it's just me. Like nobody around here really does anything with them. So it'll just be me and my camera. So and I guess that's all you need. But, right. But it makes it extremely difficult. Right. Um, yeah. So it's like, I mean, the way I work with, I mean, I, I know people around me I'm in, that work in film, but I'm very introverted and um, I just have an easier time working by myself. So I don't know. It's just one of those things that you have to learn about yourself. Like, okay, what can I do to like uh, have this be like a, a pro? Like mm-hmm. this is a good thing that I'm working alone. Yeah. But yeah, like when you're like want to make like legit short films, like dude, it's yeah, it's, it's hard. Mm-hmm. And so uh, just curious about your work. Cause I know you recently just got recognized for your recent short film, right? Yeah. 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 Congratulations, by the way. Thank you. I, I appreciate it. It doesn't feel real, but I'm right. into it. <laughs> it never does. <laughs> but are you just going to keep on the short film avant-garde thing or are you trying to progress to a, you, would you like it to be a bigger thing? I mean, I guess everyone does. So, yeah, I mean, honestly, after this one, I sort of want to like take a break with like the avant-garde stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, like, cause we kind of talked about, like, it seemed like I kept getting drawn to like, topics of you know death and time and this and that the fun stuff mm-hmm. and i was like cool i don't let's 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 just try something else out so i think after this i don't have anything else planned i have nothing else i'm working on which uh hasn't been i i've been constantly working on something since like almost a year ago last year mm-hmm so I'm taking a break and I, I would really like to do something um, more, I don't know, I'd like to try a feature. Not, not, and not, 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 ugh, not experimental either. Like I would like to do, have something with like an actual script, mm-hmm. um, but, but still do something that like, like personally I think would be awesome. Like, you know, like this dogma stuff. I love like Linklater's films. I love movies that are just like fucking talking for 90 minutes. Um, so it's still like to do something that's different, but, um, isn't just me on my computer for like 40 hours. And <laughs> I like to make something real. <laughs> yeah. I get what you're saying. Have you ever seen a uh, lock with, uh, Tom Hardy? Uh, no, I haven't seen that one. That's a pretty good one. I would definitely check it out because it's just him in a car answering his phone. But it keeps you engaged that whole time. So that is can so hard to do. Like inspirational. I'll have to check that out. I like those like single location sort of films. It's yeah. like it's pure, like so much restriction. So that's like super commendable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, um, a lot of people didn't like it, but I really enjoyed it. And they don't realize like how much talent there is to be able to do something so simple and to make it compelling. I'm sure the biggest complaint is that it's boring. Yeah. And those people are, we've, we've talked about boring is, is such a, a bad word. It is. It's a, it's a very lazy word. 
Um, but, oh, yeah, we need to get on that, that movement, but I don't have a whole lot more to say about the movie or any other movements. <laughs> yeah, I see, then this is something I wish I was more, like, engaged with, like, certain movements and stuff. I just, I haven't done, I haven't had an expo- enough exposure to, like, a lot of these sort of, like, underground filmmakers and their you know, their uh, contemporaries and stuff like that. Like, I'm not too familiar with this movement. Um, like the it's French New well Wave stuff. Well Sorry? on your way to learn about it. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I just sort of started getting to uh, Godard, who just passed away recently. It was like mm-hmm. the French New Wave stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it's all just, you know, it's, it's interesting. There's just so much history to film. It's just overwhelming. You know, we might do a Tarkovsky movie next i would love to i have not seen one yet dive into his his stuff because i did stalker on horrible cinema so i'll have to pick one of his other ones for us to talk about but that way we can like crack into his films a little bit get into that little art movement of his i would love to yeah i own i just own one of them stalker stalker yeah but (laughs) uh, (laughs) uh yeah dude definitely pick one someday i would love to um yeah as let me see if i had anything else to say (sighs) yeah i don't know family secrets that's probably not something we want to dive into on a public podcast but (laughs) you know it's funny my family doesn't have a lot of secrets just half of them are just really shitty see and the other half are just really good yeah, I don't really have, as far as I know, my family's pretty fine. Like, of course, I have some mem- family members who are, they've got some opinions that um are very old school when it comes to, like, uh, you know, LGBT, uh, um, stuff like that. Like, I would love to do what Christian did and be like, I have a very particular family member who is uh, outcast someone in his own family because he's gay. Mm-hmm. And I would love to just just call him out on a Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> um, but other than that, family's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I have a lot of them too. We don't, that's a strictly, we don't talk about politics at dinner, family. Uh, that's... That's a hard one for a lot of families. And that was a hard one for my family too, for a while. It was really funny. Um, a couple, I think this is like the second year Trump was in office. Um, my wife's grandpa was going to say something. Everyone was like, no, <laughs> do not bring that up. We're going to have a nice dinner. Yeah. <laughs> like shut him down. I was actually pretty impressed. That's good. Like it's, I don't know. I thought it was pretty cool. Like, they would rather have a good time with each other than like ruin that with fucking other people's politics. Yeah. Cause you can see how easily that shit like creates tension. Mm-hmm. I mean, even from my own experience, like having like debates with like my own dad or like about like this when like, you know, the BLM stuff was happening. It's like, what are we doing? Like, 
what? <laughs> Let's just like shut up and be like, I don't know, not. Yeah, it's it's crazy how politics can ruin people. Yeah. And I, I think with the whole Trump stuff and is giving people brain rot. Yeah, 100%. And <laughs> they're paying attention to the wrong things. Exactly. If you're letting these stupid people rule your life and rule your head. Like you're losing track of what life is really about. Exactly. But, uh, it did give me like, I was thinking about the movie, the celebration. So after he gave his speech, the son gave his speech, the cook knew about it. Right. Mm-hmm. He like kind of knew what was going on. He's like, you still haven't won the battle. You know, you still need to finish what you started kind of thing. So the cook takes everyone's keys and I didn't know where this was going to (laughs) go. Like, I was like, do you want him to kill him? Like, I mean, I'm down for it. Like, let's do this. But, (laughs) (laughs) and I just thought it was pretty interesting. Was he just supposed to give out his whole speech or something? I don't know. Yeah. I think he just kind of like weird to me. Yeah. I think he just wanted everyone to hear it. Cause I think the, the waitress knew. And then the cook knew about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it was just make sure no one leaves because people need to hear this and, and not let it slide by. Yeah, don't be dismissive, I guess. Right. Like, keep saying it until they realize you're telling the truth. Exactly. I, I think that was just main point of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just thought it was pretty funny. I was like, are we going to kill him? Let's do it. <laughs> Fucking take him out, take him right? Out. I know. I thought the uh, the son was was gonna do that when he was kicking his ass out in the yard. I did like that character arc because at the beginning, Michael is an asshole. You're like, fuck this dude, and then by the end of it, you're like, good on you, Michael. Like you're standing up for your brother and every and your sister. Exactly. You know. Yeah, I, I just, thought it was a really cool arc. I, I agree because he was such an unlikable character. Like the thing about. I was just watching this. I was like, this is the most dysfunction, uh, dysfunctional family I've seen <laughs> on film. Like, it's just, oh my God. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just, I, I like, I like his character. I like that he sort of takes side with his, his brother and his sister. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's a hard watch. But I definitely think it's an essential, I don't know. I think so, too. This is one of those movies, like, I won't recommend Climax to a lot of people. Besides people like us. But this is one of those ones, like, it's a hard watch, but I think you should watch it. Like, it's a good movie. Like, there's a lot here. Yeah. and and It also goes back to people with power just being able to do what they want to do. Because that's another thing I was thinking about is... Those people, they might have believed what his son was saying. Mm-hmm. But the dad is so like rich and powerful, they're like willing to just let it go. And that's another fucked up part of our society too. Exactly, exactly. It's it's showing that um you know, everyone talks about the patriarchy, but mm-hmm. um yeah, I mean it the rich and powerful, it's just something they can get away with. And mm-hmm. so I do like the story of someone saying, I'm going to risk it all to just let it all out. 
mm-hmm. and spilled my family secrets. I think that's just like still holds relevancy this many years later. It's not like I, you know, I don't think this is the first film to do it, but it's just, it's just unfortunate that this sort of stuff is like, oh yeah, in twenty twenty two or like during the Me Too movement, like oh yeah, that's just still oh. sort of dynamic is is still here, and it's never going to go away. But we do need people to keep speaking up on it. Exactly. Anytime, anytime somebody's stepping out of line, speak up because there's no there's no reason for that. Yeah, I, I agree. It's like just so hard and, and brave to do, but like, damn, it's just important that it, yeah, you know, if something's happened, mm-hmm. you got to speak out. And and even to this day, like, I'll see like you know people speaking out against you know certain artists, and people are like, oh well, you waited too long. Why would you wait so long? Blah, 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 blah. It's just like, oh my God. Or it's like, I tried telling you and you weren't listening. Exactly. <laughs> and then, and then in, in this film's case, uh, someone kills themselves because of it. And, yeah. and it takes until that for them to say, oh, wait, shit. Okay. Yeah, it takes someone to lose their life for you to pay attention to what's going on. Yeah, it's really sad because that happens more than we would like to admit. Exactly. And as the saying goes, uh, uh, says a lot about society. 100%, yeah. This movie, like like you said, even coming out in 1998, is still relevant today. And I think that's showing the... Um, just proves that this this artist and mm-hmm. just the sort of skill on yep. display. hundred percent. It's just great to see an old film not feel aged with its story. It's just like, I don't know, something yeah. I like. I don't know. Do you do physical media? Uh, what do you mean? Do you buy physical media, collect oh, it or anything? Uh, like that? I, yeah, I do. Oh, well, they have a criterion of this. Oh, they do. Yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna buy it and have it in my little collection, so I could have it because it's definitely worth pulling out every once in a while. Oh, I've seen this. Yeah, it has the uh, orange. Have you seen the packaging of it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Super minimalist. I think it has like the dogma instructions in it or whatever. (laughs) Yeah, it's super cool. I'm gonna start buying up these little. These little movies, these dogma movies, I'm watching them. I'm so glad you're you're getting into it. It's 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 cool that you're wanting to get into these art films. It's just it's so enriching and and satisfying. Mm-hmm. It's like you could see it as like pointless, but like I guess like getting into art, it's such like a um. I don't know, I think I think a lot of people look down on on just like art and culture, but it's just part of like the human experience. It's think, it's here and it's helpful. It's I don't know. I sometimes I have to like battle that with myself. I'm like even being a filmmaker, I'm just like, what is the point of this? But I have to remember like uh, there's a reason for it. It's it's it speaks to people. It helps people feel less alone. I think that's just like at the end of the day, that's enough. It's beautiful. <laughs> Ingo. <laughs> Beauty of life. Um, yeah, because I've been... So, 
I never saw myself as getting into uh, like art history or anything like that, like painters and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But in the past few years, I've really like delved into it. And the part that's daunting is it's so massive. You don't know where to start. But one thing that I notice is like find a piece of art that you kind of connect with. You don't know why, but you just do. And then follow that artist and get into their work, their life's work, and then come across another piece that you like and delve into them. I think that's the one thing that people struggle with is like, it's just so massive. They don't know where to start. Agreed. I I have, that's one of my biggest problems with like, um, like paintings and like art like that. It's like, I'll see stuff I would like. Um, but nine times out of 10, I have no idea who the painter is. It's just like following art like that is, is for me is so daunting. It is. But like you said, find an artist that you like and just sort of stick with them for a second, sort of follow their career and then go on, go on to the next one. Yeah. Live in that artist's shoes for a minute. Like I was on a basketball kick for a minute and I really just like, I felt like I got to know him on a personal level Mm -hmm. through his art and through what he had to go through in his life. And I don't know. That's, I was the same way with David Lynch and then I kind of fell out of like getting super into his work and stuff. Cause I've seen like basically all of it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. He doesn't have like the biggest filmography. No, he's got a lot of short films though, which yeah. I haven't seen all of, but um, yeah, I think for anyone who wants to get into like art history, just like pick a few, pick a couple that you like in particular and just sort of follow them and then sort of branch off from there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I same mean, with like films like this, like this whole dogma. Yeah. 95 movement. Like this is a nice little movement and I'm going to, get into it and watch all these little films and just explore them. And then I probably going to go back and rewatch these directors. Cause like the celebration was done by uh, Thomas Vinderberg and he also did the hunt, which I bought, but I haven't watched it. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's sitting on my shelf. Oh damn. Okay. So I'm going yeah, to have to that out just because I loved celebration so much. I'm going to check that out. Heard that one's great. You should watch um, after that. You should watch another round. I heard that was good. Oh yeah. That was one of my favorites when it came out. Um, oh really? Yeah, it's it's not heavy like this film. I mean it kind of is deals with like alcoholism and stuff like that, but nothing like the celebration deals with. Mm. Um much more uh, like a positive cathartic ending and stuff like that. So um Well, I'm a huge Mad Middleton Mads Mickelson fan. Even though I can't say his name. <laughs> um, have you seen Hannibal? No, dude. I, I oh, my God. I didn't have I don't have cable and so I I'll mail you the DVDs. <laughs> <laughs> I heard it's great. It is fantastic, and he is the best part of that whole I mean the writing is the best part, but he's the second close second. I see it's on Hulu. So I might it's only three seasons. Definitely worth a watch because it's very it has some very artistic moments in it that I think you would appreciate. Okay, I'm out. I have a hard time getting into TV, but I will do my best 
I mean, if you're looking for something out. to watch and you're like, I don't know what we should watch. Oh, Greg said, you know, we should check out, you know, Hannibal. So we'll put that on. Because you recommended, I will put it up on my TV priority list. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, you won't dis- be disappointed. It's a very, very, very. Oh, good I believe show. you. I believe you. Yeah. Well, well, I don't have much more to you. No, I think that's about it. I This is the, the scary thing about picking films you've never seen before for a podcast. It's like, oh my God, will there be enough to talk about? Yeah, I've done it a few times on War of Cinema. I like yeah. <laughs> Which makes the, the process even more challenging. It's like, oh God, this one doesn't sound like it's going to be enough. This one sounds like it's going to be too much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that was the problem with Waking Life. I'm like, oh my God, there's too much here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but I wasn't disappointed at all. Like, this was a very, very good pick. It may not be a lot to sink our teeth into, but I was very pleasantly surprised with this. I'm very glad, man. Do you want to go into final thoughts and ratings? or? Oh, yeah. Final thought. I think it's a, a very diamond in the rough movie. And rating... God, where do I put this? 8.5? Yeah, 8.5 feels good. I think that's your highest rating on the Transcendent Cinema. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Or All right. Maybe gave Waking Life a high score, I don't remember. So far it's been lows, but... <laughs> or mid-scores, but... Mid-scores. Glad, good, glad to hear. <laughs> um... Yeah, it's a uh, uncomfortable look at um, what, what the powerful are able to sweep under the rug and the importance of victims speaking out against abuse and, um, yeah, and the relevancy is, 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 is startling. So uh, if, you're, if you want to watch a film with, with a great script... Definitely check this one out, and um, yeah, I give it a uh, I give it a four out of five. I don't know if it's one I ever need to like revisit. I feel like I got most out of it that I that I could, um, but it's great. I, yeah, I give it a four out of five. I mean, I would revisit it on a like technical level, like because there's so I, many yes. good shots in here. Like the way he was able to use that camera creatively was really, really good. I agree. I think if I was to do like any sort of like research for my own projects, this would definitely be one I would go back to because yeah, as as shoddy as the camera work could be viewed, mm-hmm. like looked at, I think it's I think it's awesome. It's brilliant. It's 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 super innovative. Yeah, a hundred percent. But uh yeah, that's well, my uh, I'm gonna thoughts. speak what's that? Oh, I was just saying, that's, that's, that's the end of my discussion. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to pick out a, uh, a movie from that guy that I was talking about. I can't think of his name now. <laughs> uh, Tarkovsky. Tarkovsky. Right, right. <laughs> I'll pick one of his movies and we'll do that next time on uh, Transcendence. But uh, until next time. Hmm. Later. Later, bye.